Welcome to to, to Paranormal Podcast, coming to you from the most haunted city in Michigan. Joe and I are here in St. Ignace. The town is over 350 years old. It is one of the oldest cities, established cities. I think it is the oldest established city in Michigan. Uh, It's one of our favorite, favorite, favorite places to come. It's so beautiful here. It's right on the water. It's calm. It's relaxing. But it's so haunted, Joe. Yeah, I always tell the guys at work I have a place up north. It's called the Budget Host. (laughs) But we're not at the Budget Host this weekend because the Budget Host was full. So we tried out this new place. It's one of the older places, but they remodeled it. And it's right on the water. And it's super cool. But you know what happens when remodels? Every time you start remodeling, you may or may not stir up some ghosts. Now, Joe and I were doing a little research here in St. Ignace, and there's a lot of stories of as because it is so old and things change and new businesses come in, you know, people want to remodel. So they are changing the structures of buildings. They may, you know, what once was a family home could be now a souvenir shop. So there's a gentleman here who owns one of the souvenir shops, and he has been experiencing some very strange things. So one night, he was back in his storeroom, and it was after the business had closed, and he was just organizing organizing and straightening up. And he, he was on the second floor. The shop's on the first the storeroom's on the second, and then there's a third floor. Well, he was on the second floor, and all of a sudden he's heard footsteps going across above him. Now, this building is very old, very historic. It's probably well over 100, maybe 200 years old. The structure is all wood, so it's wood floors. He's standing there, and he's like, there's no way there's anybody here. The third floor is not used. It's not open to the public. The business has been closed for the day. He's literally hearing footsteps walking above him. He's like, what is going on? And then he hears a door open. Now this door doesn't exist anymore. It's just the door frame. But yet he heard a door distinctively open. So he rushes up there and there's nobody there. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that one is there's a real estate office next door. And the way that the the old hallway would have been, it goes right over the real estate office. He, like you said, he distinctly heard footsteps and the door shutting. So he hurried up and went down to the real estate office and asked the real estate lady if she heard it. And she looked right up at him with like the most scared look on her face. And she heard it too. And Ever since that happened, he says that he hears footsteps up in that room. Now, the way that that was set up was that was like an apartment up there. The room that he hears footsteps in, which is now the the wall that connects the two buildings, that would have been the person's living room because the original chandelier and everything is still up there. So the wallpaper, everything's the same. So that room looks like it did back in the 30s or even earlier when it was an apartment. The gentleman who had seen this apparition just couldn't believe what he's seeing. Now, of course, he heard the footsteps. He ran up there, heard the door closing. There's no door there. But 
he has seen the outline of this apparition and it is in period dress so he has like kind of like a long trench type coat and a cowboy hat on and some sort of boots so you know he could have been uh, who knows what time period because you know cowboy boots never go out of style everybody we should all have some right and it just con still continues to this day he said that uh, he's hearing these footsteps he's unsure who who it is they don't interact so it's um, residual so you know if you go it's the Mackinac t-shirt company and it's right on the main drag there now there's several you know buildings down there the original historic buildings lots of t-shirt companies um, I'm sure you can go in them all because I got cool stuff and it's located right next to the original theater that was in town now you, we all know that famously theaters are very um, known for hauntings spirit activity you know many times I don't know if it's because of the emotion of the music or the plays or the acting that goes on but there's so many spirits that are tied to theaters. Maybe it's the love of the love or the the applause of the audience that keeps them coming back. Maybe it was somebody had like their greatest life performance or their shining five minutes of fame or something. And you know, that moment in life that you never forget. You know, here the building that housed the theater is now um, some other shops. I don't know if um, the actual stage or anything is still there. We're not sure, but I'm sure there's plenty of hauntings that are going on there. One other story that Joe and I discovered as we're here, which is really bizarre because it's happening directly across from the place that we're staying. I mean, like literally across the main street here, which is State Street. There's a ghost that has appeared several times and scared the people who were working on renovations in this historic property they had started some renovations they had purchased the building it's a historic building wanted to renovate it back to more of what it looked like back in the past and so as they started working on it you know a lot of times when you do renovations you're going to have to pull up floorboards and and wall boards to replace all of the plumbing or wiring or whatever so they were working on that and the wife had gotten tired. She went up to bed. Well, the husband had stayed downstairs because he wanted to watch a movie. So he sprawls out on the floor, got a pillow. He's laying on a rug, watching a movie, falls asleep. He wakes up, but he can't wake up. So he is experiencing what we call sleep paralysis. So basically you feel like you're awake. You're trying to communicate. Your body won't cooperate. So you are basically paralyzed now I know I've had this happen several times it only happens to me when I fall asleep on the couch I don't know why um, it's so weird you think that you're yelling but nobody hears you you think that you're trying to get up and can't get up so as he's laying there and he's trying to call for his wife and the words are coming out but she can't hear him because she's already asleep and his body's frozen an apparition shows up walks out of the dining room through the living room and passes by him and goes out the front door but what's interesting is the description of the lady yeah this is really interesting because she has been seen many many times walking down the street going to the store 
Now, this used to be the AMP store, and now it's the Dollar General, because there's a Dollar General everywhere now. But it's so interesting because we're literally sitting in this hotel room, looking out the window at the place that she used to live and where the apparition is seen. Now, another thing that's really cool is the other worker that was there. He was working in the basement. And it said that he was sitting there working, you know, getting paint cans and stuff like that because they're remodeling the place. And he looked up and saw the same lady walking through the room carrying a clothes basket of clothes. And she didn't pay any attention to him. She just walked past him and walked up the steps. And he said that when she walked up the steps, she had to take each step at a time. So he saw her for a long time, the amount of time it took to walk by. And he said he was just so scared that he kind of froze and didn't say anything to her. He just watched her walk up the steps. So when after she walked up, he was freaked out. So we went upstairs, and she wasn't there, obviously. But the other person was. And he's like, did you see the old lady walking up the steps? And they're like, no, we didn't see nobody. And then the third time, the daughter was in her bedroom upstairs on the third floor. And she said, now this is kind of freaky, though, which it doesn't make sense. But she said that she saw the old lady on the ceiling. And it freaked her out so much, she scared screamed so what they did was they went down to the Ojibwa museum which is what what would you say about a half mile from where and they picked up some dream catchers and put them around the house and said that she hasn't been seen since but the thing is people see her all the time to this day and we were talking to the guy that checked us into the hotel and he says that people are still seeing her walking down the street. The interesting thing is, is she's pulling a cart. So the story is that she would walk down to the grocery store and she had this little cart that she always took to carry her groceries back. So there's reports you can see her going up and down the sidewalk. So I'm going to go outside and, and see if I can see Miss Myrtle. Her name is Myrtle. And... It's just such a great local legend, you know, like people tied to this community. They love this place. There's so much history. Now, Joe and I did something interesting, which we always do when we go to a new town or to towns that we've been to many, many times. Uh, we went to two separate cemeteries. So because this is the oldest city in North or in uh, Michigan, 350 years old, we had to find the cemeteries. We're like, the the history, I'm, I'm sure we're, we're going to find some really old gravestones, which we did. But I was expecting to find some more from like the 1700s. So I don't know if they're just decayed and gone. Uh, I think the oldest one I saw was 1811. Somebody was born in 1811. I don't know. I had a really interesting thing happened at the first cemetery and at the second one they both happened at the same time so they have markers on all of the veterans graves so it tells what war they served in and what years the war went on and then they put a flag on top of the little marker so I'm going around and I'm thanking all the veterans for their service which I always do when I go to cemeteries and I had that feeling now you know that feeling when spirits around you start getting tingly your arms start getting tingly and you feel like somebody's standing behind you it happened at both cemeteries when I was thanking the uh, 
uh, soldiers that were buried there for their service, which I always love to do. Like, I'll, I want to see what one they served in and then thank them for their service. Give them a little salute. There was one grave at the first cemetery that Joe and I went to, and he was a Civil War veteran. It said Civil War on his uh, tombstone, which was, like, amazing. Yeah, because the ones we always see at cemeteries are World War One, World War Two, stuff like that. But to actually see the Civil War gravesite, that was amazing. Now, at the second cemetery that we went to, which was called Gross Cap Cemetery— which is listed as the oldest cemetery in Michigan. Now, just like you were saying, the oldest grave that I found was Isaac Blanchard. He died in 1866. That was the oldest grave that I found. And like you were saying, I think that the oldest graves in there were made of wood or that. Now, I did find a weird thing there that maybe one of the listeners can help me with. I found a wooden cross and it was so old that the tree that was next to it has grown up and actually pushed the cross over. Now, it hasn't fallen over yet, but it looks like it's got to be from the 1800s or so. But the weird thing is there's hundreds of nails in it. Now, I don't understand this. So I know I'm going to ask Barry White Crow tomorrow when we see him. Maybe it's an Indian legend where they put the nails in. I don't know. But that was the weirdest thing is I saw the this grave marker with hundreds of nails in it. And you could tell it's been there for a really long time. I mean, you could tell that the tree that's growing up around it, which is probably maybe a foot across if you cut it straight across. So if you run around it, probably three foot circumference. So technically it's a birch tree, so it's not that old, but yet this cross looks super old, but it has all these nails in it. And I know that in voodoo that means something. But there's no voodoo up here. Yeah, that we know of. There is a lot of Native American history, the Ojibwe tribe. We're just down the street from the museum and the cultural center for the Ojibwe Indians. So there's there's so much history to this place. And I think that the cemeteries that we're at, like you said, I think the oldest graves are just gone. Do you know how or anything about the burial practices of the Native Americans? Do they mark the graves or they just bury them in the earth, do you think? That I'm not sure of. I'd have to check with maybe Barry White Crow would know when we see him tomorrow. But I really want to, I didn't, you know, me being the professional for, uh, podcaster that I am, I should have got a hold of the tribal leaders or somebody and said, you know, we're coming into town. I'd love to talk to you. I'm going to do that because we come up to the city all the time. I mean, this is one of my favorite cities. If I could handle the snow, I would move up here. But this gets a lot of this city gets a lot of snow. But legends like that, like Myrtle walking down the street, people seeing her to this day pulling her grocery cart. Now, the family was pretty wealthy and the house that they lived in, like I said, is right across the street. I'm looking at it right now at the window. And it's not that big of a house, but they said that that's how they lived. They were very wealthy, but they didn't flaunt it. They're very, you know, down-to-earth people. And that's the kind of thing that you have around here because of being a seaport and being a lot of the Native American stuff that goes on here. Now, something that we're going to miss next week is the powwow is in town. They're having a powwow. 
I would love to be here for that. So I'm going to try to make it next year. Maybe we could do that where we can talk to one of the le- uh, tribal leaders or even have like a, a round table with them where we could actually talk and have some great conversation with them. Okay, so Joe and I, we travel a lot. And I booked a room at this hotel that we're in now. The hotel I tried to get us into, which is a newer one, and we're like a rewards member, you know, because we travel a lot and stuff. But there is a rumor or some documentation, I'll say, uh, about room 120 at this particular large chain hotel. The <laughs> This is interesting. So when the people arrived, they noticed that the hotel was run down a little bit. It didn't seem like what the photos said. But when they entered the room, they noticed it was really outdated and musty. So they um, figured, okay, we're just going to go with it. They went into the bathroom and the water turned on all by itself. And uh, <laughs> about 11 o'clock, they were laying in the in their room. And they were just dozing off, you know, just getting ready to go to bed. And both of them had this overwhelmed feeling of sadness and a image of a Native American woman being beaten to death both popped in their minds. And so the one girl was just like crying. She asked her partner, like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. We couldn't take it anymore. So they went to the front desk and, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night and they're like, we have to leave. We want a refund. They're like, why? Why would you want a refund? And the lady told her, and they're like, oh, that happens all the time. That's the thing about this town. There's so minty, minty, so minty. There's so minty hauntings. They're minty fresh. But there's so many hauntings in this town. And any shop that you go into right in the downtown area, you get stories. Now, right across from us, as we look out the back of our hotel, which I I actually really like this hotel because it's on the water. But looking out, we see Mackinac Island. We could do five or six shows on Mackinac Island. There's a haunted theater over there. The fort is haunted. They see soldiers all the time. People will sit there and go up to the people that are running the the fort and say, man, that reenactor was awesome. And they're like, we're not doing that today. And they're like, yeah, we saw the soldier. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, they know. Another thing, and we talked about this a long time ago on a show, is the drowning pool where it's not well known but if you go on Mackinac Island and you head down Main Street just outside Main Street there's a park if you walk around the trail you'll end up at almost at the water's edge and there's like a little tiny inland pond and at that pond I forget the years but they had witch trials there And what they would do is they would put these people on like a teeter-totter and dunk them. And how did it go? Was it if they drowned, they were witches? Or what did you do? If they were innocent, they would drown. Okay, so actually how it was is in the 1700s and into the early 1800s, seven women were accused of being witches. Now, back in those days, one of the methods they used to find out or determine if they were a witch or not was they would tie rocks to their feet and throw them into the water and see if they would float or not. If they sank, they were deemed innocent, but then they died, right? So in what they call Mission Point and the downtown, there's this tiny little lagoon, which Joe mentioned 
So there were seven women who got thrown into this drowning pool. Now, the legend says to this very day that... Oh, I thought it was the teeter-totter thing. That's what I... Did they have... They didn't have that there. They did it with rocks. But there was always various methods to trying to get somebody to confess. Now, it's said that to this day, the women who were accused and drowned still haunt the waters of this little pool. And visitors have seen mysterious splashing, shadows, and dark shadows in and around the water. Joe and I went there. Um, We walked around. You can kind of like almost like half moon walk around it and it was just a really eerie feeling to know that people were women were (laughs) um, accused and oppressed and died there because they thought they were witches which you know we all know that history yeah and there's no men I know in the Salem witch trials they had men that were there and the one guy was actually crushed to death with stones but you know, hauntings of Mackinac Island are just amazing. There's a story after story after story. And it's kind of cool that we're here. And it's kind of cool that we are, you can look out the front window of this hotel room and see the house where Myrtle lived. And you look out the back and you could see Mackinac Island knowing all the stuff that went on there. And, and now that I think about it, you mentioned about the, um, the Mackinac or the Mackinac T-shirt company having the ghost upstairs wearing cowboy outfits. You know, back during the time where there would be cowboys and Indians here, because it's St. Ignace, they would dress like that, and the town would be set up to where they would have the little shops downstairs and have the apartments upstairs. But doing the research on this, I did find some to where there were pictures of the chandelier, and it did look like it was one of those chandeliers that you lit it was an actual gas lamp type chandelier. So having the original stuff still there, talk about the stone tape theory, all that energy absorbing into the walls. And it could have been where it was his house and he just walked back and forth all the time, just like Myrtle doing her daily chores, her doing her washing, walking out the front door where that one guy was paralyzed laying on the floor and saw her walk out the front door, pulling her grocery cart, to go down to what was the IGA. So, you know, just it's just such an awesome place here. And I love coming up here because of the history. And if you get a chance, come on up and go to the Ojibwa Museum, which is right downtown. You've got all the historic buildings downtown, which are still standing. You've got the houses, like Myrtle's house across the street. And there's stories everywhere. You go to the, ho- the guy here at the, the hotel, he mentioned about Myrtle. So even the hotels will have stories because the land that this building is on was part of the city. It could have been houses, could have been an Indian site. I know at the cemetery we went to today, across from the cemetery, there was an Indian village. And now I think the state owns the land. But this is the history. It's just unbelievable. And, you know, people don't forget that there was a war that happened here. You know, we had the... um, uh, French-Indian War. I think the Battle of 1812 as well because there was many um, shipwrecks right in and around this area from warfare. But having that fort right on the water 
that was a defensive fort. Um, so, you know, you ha- probably had conflict. I mean, when you have a, a city this old, 350 years, we're talking that's about the mid-1600s, probably. Um, I'm sure there were people here, traders and fur traders. You know, the um, museum we went to, you know, there's some reports of, like, fur traders and, and travelers being here in the early 1500s. So, long, rich history of hauntings. Um, I'm sure anywhere you go, somebody's going to have a ghost story. I love it here. I can't wait to go back to Mackinac Island. I wanted to also mention on Mackinac Island is the Civil War Cemetery, which is reported to um, have ghosts of soldiers showing up. Now, when we went, Joe and I were riding our bikes, and we stopped. Yeah, I know. Which is paranormal in itself. No, we're so chubby. (laughs) But um, we had stopped, and it was just getting kind of dusky out. And I was like, perfect timing, right? Because, you know, like the shadows are easily seen once it gets a little darker out. But it had started raining. So Joe and I had to really hightail it back because we were about six miles from the docks. (laughs) And we're like, oh, my gosh. I had to go uphill. I literally had to walk my bike up this hill because it was so steep. I was like, I'm never going to make it. But great, great place for investigating. I know we got some great activity in that cemetery. And they, you know, legend says it's extremely haunted. But I've got to tell you what happened to me and Jen. It's not paranormal, but it's our life. We're riding our bikes. And over on Malkinaw Island, there's no cars. The only cars are the fire trucks and I think one police car. It's all bicycles or horses. Now, being the life that we lead, we're riding our bikes and we are behind the street sweeper, which is cleaning the streets. It's a horse-drawn mechanical street sweeper to clean up horse poo, but it wasn't cleaning it. It was smearing it everywhere, and we're riding our bikes right behind it. That's our life, folks. That's how it... (laughs) Oh yeah, it's what, what did Dana say? Oh, oh, she said yes. It's the other Mackinac fudge. But if you get a chance, you've got to come up here. They have so many events up here. Like I said, next weekend, I'm I'm really bummed that we're not going to be there. Is the powwow? You're going to have Native Americans from all over the country coming here, dancing, music chantings the the horn or the um flutes it's amazing in the the outfits authentic native american outfits i guess you call it garb so if you get a chance i'm telling you do it now if you go over to Mackinac island and you want to ride your bike around it's worth it but it's very expensive you have to get a pass to take your bike over there and it's very expensive, but it's worth it because you can ride around the only road, the only state road in America that cars are not allowed on. And it circumvents the island. It's an eight-mile trip. One of these days, I'll videotape myself doing it. I've been around it twice now, once on a bicycle and the other times on snowmobile. That's another thing that I know it's not paranormal, but during the winter, there's an ice bridge that runs from St. Ignace over to the island. So you're actually riding your snowmobile on the ice, 
And what they do is they line it with Christmas trees so that you can have your way over there. So awesome. I think Joe and I are going to try to explore a little bit more tomorrow and see if we can find any other really interesting places. So one of the, um, real quick, another little ghost story we have here. There is a home, and it's not too far from where we're staying, and it's right on the water. So this house has probably been in the family for many generations. These people had all types of activity going on in their house. So doors were opening, things were flying off shelves, glasses were going, you know, directly across the kitchen counter. Um, They would see shadow figures, and then they decided they just couldn't take it anymore. So they called every church, every denomination on the island, and nobody would come over. And they were telling these people that paranormal activity isn't real. So they decided that we'll call in a psychic medium. So the psychic medium comes in and she tells them they have 13 spirits in their home and that the area they were in where their house was located was a portal for these spirits. And that's why they she had so many coming and going in their home. Yeah, and what was nice about that one was one of the spirits that they said is in the house was someone that the family took care of and he passed away, but he's still there and he's very much very mischievous, very mischievous, okay, very mischievous, I can't say that word, but anyhow, he was a trickster, and he would slide, like Jen said, the one day they were sitting there, and at the kitchen table, a cup just slid across the table, and they called out his name going, cut that out, you know, and so the hauntings aren't scary. You know, Myrtle scared the little girl because she was in the ceiling for some reason. I don't know why she would be in the ceiling. Who knows? But, yeah. So, anyways, thank you. Thank you for listening this week. We have some a lot of great shows coming up. We're up here. We're going to be at Michigan Paracon tomorrow and record some great interviews. Hopefully, we'll get you some great celebrity on the show besides us. And, uh, anyways... Thank you. Thank you for listening. Remember, get up on our website. We've got T-shirts for sale. We've got the uh, current events listed. I do have to change the date of the event in Whitmore Lake. I had it down as Friday, or I had it down as Thursday. Now we moved it to Friday. So, anyways, that's the library speech in October. But other than that, we're going to be all over the place. Come out and see us, and uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Now let's leave with... Some dead in five. Bye-bye.